Hey everyone, welcome to Africana Mana, the podcast where Christian theology and Africana meet. In this episode, I want to introduce you all to Augustine of Hippo, the great North African church father and philosopher. So there are very few people that are more important to know about than Augustine. We didn't record an episode this week since we are all on vacation due to Thanksgiving, but we wanted to still give you all some content this Friday. So this episode is really for the history nerds who really want to know more about ancient African Christianity, specifically North African Christianity. So if you're not a history nerd and uh, you're like, hey, where's the dialogue? Tune in next week for some more dialogue. I'm thinking we're going to bring Augustine into the conversation. Uh, But like I said, we're introducing him this week because next week and really all throughout the different seasons of the show, we're going to bring Augustine into the mix. So it is really important that we dig into Christian traditions from all different time periods. For many of us, our imagination of African Christianity starts right before the dawn of the modern era between the 1500s and the 1700s, somewhere around there for most of us. But it actually started right after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus in approximately year 33 Common Era. Augustine is mainly 4th century CE, So we are going to look at even earlier African traditions than that because there's still a lot of time period between year 33 uh, and year 354 when Augustine was born. So um, most of this information is taken from Augustine's book, the primary source being Confessions. That's the name of the book. Um, Also with help from secondary sources like Gonzalez's, the Mestizo Augustine and Smith's On the Road with Augustine. So enjoy. So Augustine was born in year 354 and grew up in Tagaste, a city in modern-day Algeria near the North African coast. He was born to a Roman father named Patrick and a Berber mother named Monica. And so that part of the world back then, it was dominated by Greek and Roman culture. So uh, Alexander the Great and his big Greek empire, he was Alexander was a Macedonian, but he spread Greek culture all throughout the Mediterranean. And then long story short, the Romans came in and had dominion over that area after him. And so the Romans along that North African coast, they call that part of their empire Africa. From the Romans is really where we get the word Africa. We just named the whole continent after that Roman province. And uh, Tagaste would have been right outside of the Roman province of Africa. That that was Augustine's hometown. So his Roman father, Patrick, was a pagan right up until before Patrick's death. And his African mother, Monica was a devout Christian. Like, I love that uh, Augustine's father's name was Patrick and his mom's name was Monica. It's almost like his dad, Loki, has a, like a white name and his mom has a black name, Loki. <laughs> like Patrick and Monica. Um, <laughs> so um, his mother was of, uh, yeah, of Berber um, descent. So many of the towns in Northern Africa had a minority Roman elite who... Um, were kind of in the positions of power. And not long before Augustine's birth, these Romans actively persecuted Christianity in that region of the continent. But the everyday people and majority of the people in his hometown would have been Berber or Phoenician or a mixture of both. So the Phoenicians kind of had like um, coastal cities along the northern coast of Africa where they traded in, um, and, and did commerce. So Augustine spent his childhood mostly in school and in mischief, and he learned rhetoric in the Latin language. So kind of in the Western world, Latin was 
the official language of Rome. And although Augustine would have still had a little bit of knowledge of the African languages that his friends and family members spoke, his education was mainly in Latin. And Monica and Patrick pushed Augustine really hard in school. They really kind of wanted to, him to have the education necessary to move up in the Greco-Roman social ladder. And uh, Augustine was in Tagaste initially, then he moved to Madara for school, and then he moved back home due to fin his family's financial troubles. And then he went to the big city, Carthage, which is on the, um, the, the coast of northern Africa. And this was the second largest city in the Roman Empire. And so here he, he was going to get a top-notch education. So in Carthage, he develops a love for philosophy and joins a religion of Persian origin called Manichaeism. It was formed by a uh, Persian guy named Manny, and the followers were called Manichaeans. But here's the problem. Like, Monica, his mom, his African mom, was an extremely devout Christian uh, and was always praying to the point of tears that Augustine would find Jesus. So here you have Augustine, who is a man, who, who, who is a Manichae. His mom, his African mom is a Christian, and his Roman dad is essentially a pagan, practicing kind of like the, 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 the religions of his ancestors. So this is interesting. So uh, Augustine takes a, a concubine of apparent of, of apparently African rootage. So back then, a concubine was kind of like a temporary but exclusive relationship until you could find a wife like it, like a of, of higher social standing by which you can have legitimate heirs. So essentially, like it's kind of like a exclusive long term relationship, like as we know now, almost like that was Augustine's girlfriend. That, that's kind of um, girlfriend and boyfriend relationship now. So he eventually starts teaching in Tagaste, then he moves to Carthage again. All the while, he is starting to kind of doubt the Manichaeism, a religion really based around kind of eternal principles of light and darkness. And he really starts to wrestle. And so he eventually loses his trust in Manichaeism. Then he moves to Rome to pursue uh, his career in rhetoric. And then he like makes it big. He gets to Milan. Milan is kind of like the modern day New York or D.C. He's like at the center of influence and power. So he's climbed the social ladder. He's 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 successful. And in Milan, he's still disappointed with the Manichees. And so he sits under the preaching of the famous Ambrose. So Ambrose was the bishop of Milan. And Augustine was initially uninterested in Christianity during his childhood because it wasn't sophisticated enough for, for his like Greco-Roman instincts and his Latin training. But he found in Ambrose a person who was able to present Christianity in an intellectually satisfying way. Um, his mother, after Patrick dies, you know, so y'all, Monica was a real one. Monica wanted her son to be a Christian. So Monica moves to uh, Milan with Augustine and she lives with him. She's like, look, like you, like you gonna love Jesus at the end of the day. <laughs> And uh, how, how many of us have moms like that who are devout and is like, look, like I'm praying for you. Um, but Monica is delighted that Augustine is interested in Christianity under Ambrose. So um, at first, Augustine is not convinced of Christianity because he has like a lot of personal character flaws. He still loves to sin. Um, he has an unchanged heart and he had a lot of intellectual objections. So after reading books from Neoplatonism, he um, figured out a couple of the intellectual objections he had, like how can there be a good God and what is evil? Um, how can there be a good God and evil at the same time? And he also really wrestled with how God could be immaterial, like how God wasn't an actual physical substance. And then on top of that, um, his friends 
presented stories to him of other people's lives. So he heard about the Egyptian monk, St. Anthony, who was a very devout person. And he heard about the famous Victorinus, who embraced Christianity in spite of like the ridicule he would have received um, with embracing Christianity. So he was inspired by people who forsook everything in order to attain Jesus. And so at this point, he's in deep spiritual turmoil because he believed Christianity was intellectually true. Like in his mind, he was like, okay, I'm convinced of Christianity at this point. And he actually wanted to give up everything for Jesus, but he couldn't because he still loved lust. Like he still loved um, the desires of the, the flesh. And so he eventually is converted through reading Romans chapter 13, verses 13 through 14, which says, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. That's a New Living Translation. So then Augustine goes on to become many things. He becomes a member of the church. He gets baptized. He becomes an elder. Then he becomes a bishop. And he becomes like a famous defender of the Christian faith and a giant in theology and philosophy. So he is undoubtedly the greatest theologian in the Western church. And one of the top, uh, probably, if, if not in the top 10, one of the most influential people, period, in the global West. So if you live in the global West, it's been said that you are Augustinian and you don't know it because his philosophy, his thinking, his works have so penetrated kind of like um, the ways that, that, that we have thought about the world and thought about ourselves, etc. Thank you for tuning in to Africana Mana, the podcast where Christian theology and Africana meet. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram at RUF at DC. R-U-F-A-T-D-C. Also, visit us on our website at africanamana.buzzsprout.com. New episodes dropping every Friday. See you all next week.